Hi, it's Ida for here. Uh, I guess I need to tell you about what happened recently. So, here we go. After we single-handedly cleaned up the goose mess, yes, us, parchment company people, uh, Karen took, what was his name, Lyron, the kid, and he was wearing a mask, and he had an army of kids, it was, it was weird, but Karen took him to talk to his dad, and do some crying, I think. Frankie created a really creepy little assistant called Hans, who is terrifying, just a little homunculus, but I guess we'll see where that goes. And then Frankie was going on about like some dream with a naked man. I'll be honest, I don't always understand Frankie. Flynnvar made himself useful and started an investigation about some dude called Marvelous. Like we've heard his name a couple times, but anyway, he thought it was important, so he went out and talked to Tuffle and Truffle and that guard Cherish Usaya? Usaya? Anyway, he's a guard. I don't care. And me, well. <laughs> I went to a bar and talked to a weird guy and I was only drinking green tea so I wasn't even drunk or anything but this guy was weird he had a freaky aura his name was Amnity and I imagine that he'll be around he just had that kind of like he's snooping kind of energy anyway that's kind of it everybody and welcome to gosh episode 11 the beginning of uh, arc 3 of the terrible adventures of the Janice and Breffitt's parchment company uh, my name is Penny I'm your DM and a conspiracy theory that I kind of buy into is I do think that Michael Jackson is still alive <laughs> the circumstances surrounding his death were so suspicious like he needed a specific doctor with him and then he died overseas and like he honestly could have just like Mr. Potato headed his face and just like bailed to Brazil. I just, I'll, I'll move on. I'll move on. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Nate and I play Flynnvar. I think that time travelers are a thing because how can they not? And we'll find out eventually that they are when we create the machine. <laughs> the machine. Hi, my name is Stephanie and I play Frankie. My conspiracy theory, I don't really believe it, but I once got into a Facebook argument with Scribe, the rapper from New Zealand, over whether or not the pyramids in Egypt were like power factory <laughs> things. Uh, with Scribe? Scribe, the, he was a kind of a big he did deal He did swing, which was, no, he didn't okay. do swing, he did, um, oh, Savage did swing. Savage oh, did swing, yeah. girl. Just wondering, were you pro or con in that argument? He was like con, because I was like, oh, I've been there, I've seen that. And he's like, you can't use that as an argument. <laughs> obviously, I'm like, I touched a pyramid. I'm pretty yes, sure I have proof. <laughs> yeah, he completely dismissed my proof, and he was adamant that they were power banks of some sort or Aww. something. I don't know. But Little yeah. scribe. Good on him. I am Poppy. I play Ida for the Tiefling, and uh, Bush did 9-11. <laughs> and Karen, how are you feeling today? <laughs> she said it so firmly. Like. All right, I'm, I'm Liz. I play Karen, your favorite dwarf barbarian. And have you guys heard about the Southland moose? I have not. 
So in um, the early 19th century, no, the late 19th century and early 20th century, a couple of uh, populations of wild moose from Canada were released into Fiordland in the South Island. And rumour has it, they're still there today. Ooh. Oh, have you seen how big moose are? They're like three metres tall. Terrifying. <laughs> but so, like, they look like big gentle boys. But they're not, they're so aggressive. They're highly territorial. <laughs> I will not try. <laughs> All right, who's ready to play some Dungeons and Dragons? Me. Alright everyone, sit back. We are about to start arc three, of which I have named Who Spiked the Punch. Oh. But let's get into it. So, it has been about two weeks since the goose incident. It happened during a weekend, during the festival, and it is now the like two Fridays since what have you guys been doing over the last two weeks? Karen's been uh, mostly working. She was a little bit behind on some paperwork she had to get caught up on. She's just been working really hard and being a very good employee of the Janison Breffords Parchment Company. Anything that you'd like to accomplish during that time? Anything you want to roll on? Not particularly for work, but I feel like I'd like to have a better way of storing the electrum apart from, that's not just rattling around in the bottom of Karen's tote bag. So you want to come up with a system for storing electrum on your person? Yes, but I'm not sure how, and Karen isn't either, so she might have to consult Frankie on this one. Okay. What's Ido been up to for the last two weeks? Ido has been doing the bare minimum at work, um, <laughs> keeping things clean, but not spotless. <laughs> <laughs> Finding places to put his electrum because he thinks it's really cool, he doesn't want to leave it at home because okay. the cat will get into it. Speaking of, I'm trying to look through my notes, what was my cat's name again? It's Whiskers. Whiskers. <laughs> cat called Whiskers. Alright, um, Whiskers likes me a lot more now since I um, got him down from the tree during the goose escapades. Oh nice, so you're like Ido's becoming a cat person. Yeah, he's a real cat person now. He's snuggling up in bed with the cat and his dad's a little bit jealous. <laughs> and, I don't meet a weird person, but we'll deal with that later. Have you looked into that or told anybody about that person Amity that you met? So I think Ida's been talking to the cat about it. <laughs> <laughs> He's been like, Whiskers, you know, like, it was a really weird guy. And uh, he was stretched out and real pale. And Whiskers is a really good listener. <laughs> you haven't told the rest of the party about about that encounter? I have not. Flynn, what have you been up to for the last two weeks? So, a little bit of housekeeping, or workkeeping I suppose. So, um, he, knowing that the party was coming up, he's been to the tailors. Um, dual purpose, he wants a nice flash suit for the party. Okay. But also some clothes that are work ready and also fight and sewer ready. So he's basically been um, altering his, his clothes so that they can look um, dapper and dashing and appropriate for making good sales but hardy because uh, there was some split seams that were happening that he was okay. not happy. So good for combat and good for sales uh, all at once. Dashing but dangerous. Yeah. I like that. What's Frankie been doing for the last two weeks? Frankie has been investigating, researching, just like really looking into this green uh, electrum that uh, he found. You know, he wants to, he's just been trying to learn as much as he can in general about it. So it's been a lot of late nights, a lot of late nights at the office working. 
Roll me an Arcana check. That is a nine. You haven't been able to find any information. There's been, like while Electrum in general is illegal, there is, like it is, you know, known. Like you asked Murphy about it and he knew nothing. Yeah. It made your your amulet go haywire. Like when you, you know, when you've held the first piece of Electrum up to your, the blue Electrum up to your amulet, it made the crossbow appear. The green one just makes it go crazy. Yeah, so it just starts like crackling and sparkling, yeah. sparking and does not like it at all. What does this mean? Also, it's been two weeks, so you can all add two weeks pay to your oh, yeah. inventory. Oh, so wait, You guys get paid, I believe 70 gold per week. Seven, it's 75. 75, so you can add 150 uh, gold to your inventories. Who did I owe gold to? Because I bought the um, the Ring of the Ram, yeah. which was 450 GP. It was a little over what you had and somewhat, I think Frankie just gave it to you, yeah. 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 And uh, Karen would like to pay back for the excess, um, which was about, I believe it was 130 gold or something. What did you roll for? Uh, if you would remember. Okay, so I guess you remove 100 and how much was it? 130? I'm pretty sure it was 130. I'm just trying to see if I wrote it down. I should have done, but I probably didn't. So, we pick up on a Friday afternoon, a few hours before the end of the day. Everybody can feel energy in the air. The Goliaths are singing as they work, the stale staff have abandoned the leaderboard and they're chatting amongst themselves. The accounts team are giggling like school children because after all, it's staff party night. <laughs> Inside Janison Brefford's junior's office, Flynn is helping him to choose outfits. So Janison Brefford's junior has asked Flynn to come in. He's noticed that you've like upped your style recently. And so he's asked you to come in and you know, help him to try on outfits. He seems really nervous about the party. And so you guys are just trying on different suits uh, and talking. Thank you so much, Mr. Flynn Vafrak, coming in and helping me choose my outfits. Oh, no worries. Um, like it, I understand about uh, selling yourself as well as your products. And as the director of the company and the main public figure, uh, it's pretty important and you got this. He turns to you and he's like trying on like a pink suit and it's like it like literally is like all pink and the shirt underneath is pink and the tie is pink and he turns to you and he's like i i am a little nervous my my, my father janison brefford senior is is coming to the party he sent me he sent me a letter and i, I really want to make a good impression because i've changed a lot in the last three years since uh since he was here and i i don't know if you like it Oh, that's cute. <laughs> cute. You know, parents can be quite tricky, but at the end of the day, showing that you have the confidence to not care about what they have is actually the better thing. So if you're just comfortable in what you're wearing and you own it, then who gives a pocket full of parchment about what he thinks? Because if he thinks you don't care about what he thinks, then he's going to think more of you. It's a tricky basket, but you got it. That's actually very clever. Uh, Flynn? Who was who all this pink even for? And he starts like ripping off. He starts just like taking off the suit and you could see him like, you know, looking through his closet and like, you know, pulling out different things. It's a very Liberace-esque closet. <laughs> He's got a lot of sparklies and a lot of like, you know, fur and, and all sorts of things. And he turns back to you and he, and he says, uh, did you ever meet my father? How long have you, how long have you worked here for? I, I, there's so many people, sometimes I forget. No, when I came on board, um, you were you were hitting the helm, so I, I haven't had the uh, 
The privilege or the audacity? My father founded this company, and around around three years ago, he he left it and left me in charge and went off traveling and and it's been it's been a great time. And in that time, I've. I've hired a tiefling, uh, and I decided to work alongside the GGO, and there's a lot that's different about the day-to-day -day that wasn't around when he was here. I'm... I'm nervous. Oh, <laughs> a short, tiny man. Just um, tiny boss. You're also a short, tiny man, so... <laughs> Just these two tiny men in the office. Pat, pat. Flimbo kind of, like, um, gives him, like, a, a, a gentle pat on the back, and he's like, you know, the biggest thing about handing down companies to your children is that you understand that you're not progressive enough to hold it. You know, you're, you're the dinosaur. So as long as you, like, own the fact that it's progressive, it's modern, it's what this world needs, it's where we're going. Look at our sales figures. They're amazing. Look at my sales figures. They're amazing. And all the things that we're doing in the community, ah, brilliant. And he's got to know that. He's going to take notice of this. That's right. I made those changes for the better. I wanted to. I wanted to make things better around here. Thank you, thank you, Flynnvar. You've you've really helped me. Oh. So which should I do the uh, bejeweled onesie or the tiny short shorts suit? You know, I'm feeling the bejeweled onesie. You know, I knew you had good taste. There's times to show legs and there's time to not show legs. <laughs> and, and you think this is one of the times to? Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. <laughs> so out in the factory, Idafa is training a new staff member. <laughs> so Idafa received a direct request from the boss himself, um, and you're supposed to be training Friskin. It's actually really odd. It's a Sphinx Tabaxi, so it's a completely hairless Tabaxi who is supposed to be learning from you. So he's dressed in one of those jumpsuits that you're wearing. And you are having a little trouble teaching him. Uh, what was his name again? Friskin. Friskin. Okay. Friskin. Tabaxi. Just in time for you to be getting along with your cat. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm a little bit. Okay. So Otto's a little bit enamored with Friskin. Because, well, not like in a, just in like, oh, this is a cat. <laughs> Kitty. Okay. Uh, uh, Friskin, you've, you've, you've cleaned before, right? Oh yes, M many, many times. I always clean and I never make a mess. Perfect. You know what you're doing. Uh, what, what did they tell you? Have they actually given you like a job description or something? Uh, I'm supposed to be a janitor. They, the, uh, the, the little gnome man said that you were, you were the one who would train me. So if you could do that, that would be excellent. You guys are looking at like a big sort of like spill of sawdust <laughs> on the ground. And he kind of takes a few steps back and he's like, show me how it is done. Okay. Uh, so Ido grabs one of the massive brooms I have and he says, okay, so this is a broom. And uh, when we see a mess, we'd sweep it. Uh, watch, watch me and you'll see what I mean. And he just starts sweeping this massive sawdust really awkwardly. Because um, he's not used to ever having anyone under his control. So you, you do. You, you take a few minutes and sweep the sawdust into a large pile. And you kind of like hand a shovel. And you take a shovel and you're about to hand it to Friskin. And you turn around and you see that he's just asleep. He's just snoozing um, nearby on some, on some boxes, on some crates. Is he curled up like a cat? He's just curled up like a cat and he's just gone to sleep. 
and this is something that you've been dealing with for a couple of days now, is that he really does seem to like just taking naps whenever he feels like it. Um, you often walk into like, you know, into the, into the little janitor's area in the morning and he's just snoozing in there and he really does not seem like a very good employee. So as soon as Ado turns around and sees this, he does a very, I guess, anime pose and he puts his hands up to his face and goes, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then he shakes himself off and he's like, no, Friskin needs to learn to work. And he goes, here, puss, puss, puss. Friskin opens one eye and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, Oh, I, I usually... do not like that sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, neither does Whiskers. I thought it might wake you up. Uh, all right, come on. Come on now. You can't be napping on the job. So as you sort of get him you know, up out of his nap, he's very grumpy about that. You are approached by a human in a suit. You're approached by Stephen Charity. <sighs> and he walks up to you and he's like, hey, guys, uh, it's good to see you both. Uh, you're new, I don't know you. And Friskin's like, yes, hello, I'm Friskin. And he turns to you, Adifa, and he says, hey, so uh, know that we, you know, may be on the wrong foot, but uh, I was just wondering if I could ask you uh, both to uh, stay behind after the party and, and help me clean up on full overtime. You know, you'll be, you'll be paid, you'll be compensated for your time, and you can even uh, come in late on Monday, you know, as a reparation for the extra time that you've spent. Um, how, what do you think about that? I don't cross his arms and stares at Mr. Charity. Uh, well, look, first off, do I even have a choice? Like, what are you? Like, oh, top dog? Absolutely. I'm just asking a favor. I'm going to be cleaning up after the party, but just want some extra hands. Why are you cleaning up after the party? Well, the thing is, is that, you know, even the board members have got to roll up their sleeves on this one. You know, old JB being back's a big night. I want to show him that the company still knows how to get things done. Huh. Right, well, I don't trust you, but if you can show me in writing and sign it that I will get paid the overtime, I will do it. Absolutely, that seems fair. I'll go write that up and I'll, and I'll come back. Cool. All right, first, can you cool with this? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I like Friskin. <laughs> all right. Yep. All right. Mr. Charity Man, you do that and I'll see you later. So upstairs in the like dining room, in the break room, uh, Karen is setting up food and drinks with her best friend from work, her best work friend, Bob from Accounts. Oh my God. And she's, she's also a dwarf. And you guys started working around the same time. Uh, what did we say? It was about eight years about ago. About eight right? years ago, yeah. yeah. So you guys, you guys started around the same time. And what you're both doing is you're prepping snacks. Um, you're getting like you're not quite in moving it to the room yet, but you're kind of getting everything prepped mm. uh, for later that night. Oh, darling, it's so good to be able to sit together and and work again. Oh, this is this is wonderful. It feels just like old times, doesn't it? It does. It does. Now. When you say old times, do you mean these old times? And Karen reaches into her tote bag and she pulls out a bottle of halfling wine and she waggles it enticingly. <laughs> so Barb is known as the one who brings margaritas in on Fridays. <laughs> and, you know, she's, she's kind of like the wild gal from accounts. And she's like, oh, you 
cheeky bitch. Bring that over here. And she like brings a couple of champagne flutes out. She's like, I know they're not the right types of glasses, but sometimes we just want to feel fancy, you know? Oh, absolutely, darling, absolutely. Shall I pour? Oh, please do. And she uh, pours two champagne glasses of uh, halfling wine and they have a little cheeky toast before work's over. Yeah. <laughs> As you guys are stacking, you know, you're having a little sip and you're making up cheese plates and she's stacking cupcakes and she turns to you and she says, you know, I just really feel like that we don't talk as much as we used to. Oh, darling, I, you know, I felt the same way. It's, it's been a wild few years actually with what with uh, Janderson Griffiths Jr. taking over and all of the changes that he's made in this company and it just feels like we don't have as much time to cut loose and have fun anymore. It's definitely a new place. <sighs> you remember when you first started, uh, your, your kids are around the same age, mm. so you remember that you used to have a little inside joke with uh, that that Bob's daughter would probably grow up and, and marry one of your twin boys. <laughs> and you realize that you haven't really spent much time with her. Like when you guys first started, she's like, oh, do you remember when we first started and we had to share one pencil for three weeks because we were too shy to ask for a second one? <laughs> and do you remember, do you remember when we, <laughs> the first office party that we went to and we both got so, well, <laughs> I'm sure I don't have to tell you about that one. No, do tell me. I can't remember what happened. <laughs> I'm desperately trying to think of something. <laughs> oh, was that the night that we, was that the night that we stacked those, those five halflings up and then we tried to bowl them over like bowling balls? <laughs> And we had another halfling who wanted to be the bowling ball. Oh. oh. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> Janderson Brefford's parchment company. It used to be a real party place, didn't it? Bob kind of goes quiet for a bit. And she, you know, puts the lid on the platter of cupcakes and, and she turns to you and she says, what, what do you think about old JB Senior coming back? Oh, well, I, you know, it's, it's funny because I enjoyed my time at the old Janston Brefords, but I feel like we're a much better company now. Mm. And I hope that he also sees that. Because I think that, I think that his son's worked very hard. You know, everybody likes Janston Brefords Jr. What a little sweetheart. <laughs> well, I'm very excited. I think this party's gonna be really fun. And she pours more drinks and she hands you one and she says, and after we're done, my daughter's with me for the weekend. I don't get to see her anywhere near as, as much as I used to, but she's finally gonna come visit me for the weekend and I've got some great activities planned. Uh, I didn't think her father was going to let her back in the city after that whole goose disaster, but oh. uh, I, managed to, I managed to talk them around. I'm really excited. Oh, that's so much fun. We'll have to get the, the boys and, and Emerald together to meet her again. It's been a few years, hasn't it? Mm. It has been, has been a while. And she uh, holds up a glass and she says, to a good night catching up. Oh, and to many good nights in the future. Ting. 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 <laughs> in conference room B, Frankie is working with Darlene the secretary from the front desk, who is a blonde human who has been here for as long as you can remember. 
you have been asked to develop automatic torches for the party, something that you can ignite and douse from a central switch because there is a surprise plan for the party and they want to be able to like flick all the torches on simultaneously. And so having done so, you're in the boardroom installing them. Can you tell me a little about your invention? Uh, so they are almost like, you know, they look almost like your traditional uh, sort of torches, but uh, underneath, instead of like having like the wood bit, it's like this sort of glass container. Now, not sure if they want to like have them work more than once. But at the moment, <laughs> um, there is a set switch that when you want them on, it sort of breaks a chamber inside to let the fuel and the spark meet. And then when you want it off, it breaks the other chamber to douse the, the thing. But at the moment, it only works once. So <laughs> so uh, that's what he's doing. He's very proud of it. Uh, I mean, it's not his best work. Uh, it was very last minute, but he's still proud that he was able to do it, but a little bit like annoyed that he had to do it instead of doing what he wants to work on. <laughs> And Darlene's sort of helping you set this up, and she's like, Oh, Francis! Oh, you're so smart! It's really nice to see the young guys coming up here and like, Oh, I've never seen anything like this! You should be so proud! <laughs> I am I'm very proud, <laughs> Darlene, and he's very, feeling very little uh, uncomfortable with the, the weird praise, and, and he doesn't usually like like getting praise because he doesn't usually get praise uh, for his inventions because they don't usually work very well so he's just like yeah cool thanks thanks for that so this switch over here this is what's going to turn everything on and off can i try it please do not uh i mean you can but they probably won't work uh, uh later on because it's sort of a one-time deal at the moment oh okay that's really good to know yes, thanks yes, for telling me so we're gonna switch the lights off Mm-hmm. Uh, for the surprise, mm-hmm. and then when we're ready, we're going to switch them back on again. Yeah. Is that going to work just fine? That's going to work very well. So we'll have to light them the traditional way first. And then when you want to switch them off, the water fluid will uh, disperse and, you know, take out the, the flame. Obviously, there's a lot of mathematical com- you know, complications. I, I won't bore you with. Uh, and then when you're ready to switch them on, the second chamber will break and the fluid will fall on the torch and it will then reignite with the sparks and the, you know, the what have you. Oh. It just starts uh, mumbling about. Oh gosh, that's so complicated. Oh. oh, it's so nice to have new people around. You know, there was no one like you back when the old boss was here, but it's really nice to see that we're like moving into a new generation. Also, could you get all this confetti to go off at the same time as the lights? I could. I actually invented a little mini cannon, as it were, <laughs> <laughs> that I've been uh, waiting to, uh, you know, experiment with. And uh, the first one, I uh, I lost an eyebrow, but, you know, that's fine. It grew back. Oh, I thought that was a fashion choice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fashion. <laughs> So she basically, like, even though you've already finished setting up, she's now asking if you can have 
the switch also when the torches go on also like drop a bunch of confetti yeah. as well which is like even more last minute than before so you start yeah. scrambling to like make that work how do you guys like the secretary voice by the way I'm obsessed with Darlene I'm obsessed with her she's amazing um, so Darlene like while you're setting that up she's kind of like she's she's helping but she's not really doing yeah. anything she's just there with you clearly somebody asked her to do this and then she didn't know how so she came and got you yeah were you here when the old boss was around I was his secretary too oh uh no no I would have been a child <laughs> oh you're so funny <laughs> I'll tell you what though Jansen Bradford senior certainly know how to show a lady a good time oh I mean I've heard gossip uh, around the office, but uh, you know I don't partake myself. But I heard Susan had uh, a few stories, and he's chuckling to himself. Oh, she certainly did. <laughs> he doesn't get the, the gossip, but uh, <laughs> he likes to, you know, at least try and fit in. So just being clear. I can't test that the lights are going to work. Do, do not <laughs> test the lights, please. Just one test, though. In. You know, you know what? Go, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> he decides as he pulls out the spare ones that he has a mental, you know, failure. Uh, yeah. So it's a few hours later. They let you go about, you know, an hour and a half early just so that you could, you know, go home and get changed and come back for like a, you know, 6.30 start. Because it is an office party after all. It's not, we're not going clubbing. Um, <laughs> so what is everybody wearing for the event? Karen is wearing a cute little tight yellow dress. <gasps> and she's got a little blue bolero on top of that. Beautiful. It's very cute. And she's got her beard delicately braided and lots of little intricate braids and she's got mascara on. She looks very cute. Frankie has a shower. <laughs> <laughs> his face is clean. He somewhat tried to part his hair nicely, but you know, it's, it's very still uncuffed. Uh, but it is, you know, kind of there. Uh, he's got some black, just some plain black pants and a white shirt, button up shirt with a cute little bow tie that it's kind of a little bit crooked because you know he's tying it himself and he doesn't really know. But uh, he's he's kind of put in a little bit of effort. Uh, you know his face is cleaned and that's yeah, that's Frankie. Is he wearing little suspenders? Yes, because oh. he always wears suspenders. So those those are there. So that's him. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> All right, so Ido is he's wearing a old grunge bucket band tee. <laughs> 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 and he's got on some like 2010 style scene kid bracelets the, the neon green and black oh, <laughs> oh they met your eyes <laughs> and he's wearing um some ripped black skinny jeans uh his hair is all like he spiked it up and things has he any eye makeup on oh absolutely oh, he's yes. got eyeliner but only on the bottom so he looks like he's dressed for like a punk rock show yeah oh, hell and he's yes. wearing some uh not co converse he's wearing some uh i'm gonna say neon green converse you've really got a color scheme going on there yes girl has he got a belt with those black and white checkers on them oh my god <laughs> yeah and it's but it's like a little bit hidden because his shirt's over it. But he he wants people to know it's there, so he's tucked in a little bit of his shirt. <laughs> Before you left the house, your dad tried to give you like a dinner jacket to put on over top. Did you take it? I do. I do take it. 
but it's like because he gave me one of his so it's very small <laughs> and it only goes like to where my elbows are I'm like thanks Dan and I'm walking out all stiff in this dinner jacket you could do the classic like mafia thing and just put the jacket on over the but not the hands and the sleeves so it kind of just like sits over your shoulders I could do I think I'll do that when I get to the party but I'm going to the party with dad so I want to like oh you invited your dad yeah well he works there right doesn't oh no he's friends with he's um, friends with what's his name no yeah he just, he's definitely coming along and Flynn what are you wearing to the party yeah, so he's got a new dark royal purple suit that he's very proud of um, and feeling very dashing in. And instead of his usual kind of satchel, he's got like a, like a dress fanny pack that's kind of tucked to the side. <laughs> oh, very nice. It may or may not be the restyled bag of holding. <laughs> So Flinva, you walk into conference room B, uh, you're walking towards conference room B with Writer, the other salesman, and he's produced a tie from somewhere and he's added it to his work shirt and pants combo. Ah, oh, man, you beat me on commissions again. Ah, uh, how much was it by this time? Oh, I mean, you know, we don't sell and tell. Are you sure? I really like, I like to know how much I'm trailing by so I know how much I need to, you know, pick up my game. All right, well, just don't take it too much to heart, but 35 sales. Oh, wow, that's that's a lot. That's that's good commission. Um, add 70 gold to your inventory, I guess. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, end of, the, end of the month, you get your, you get your commissions. You guys walk into conference room B and it's like very nicely set up. It's not like fancy ball, it's still office party. So it's still like, you know, paper streamers and um, you know, like party supplies, the balloons and, and whatnot. And it's like very well set up. Karen and Bob have, you know, obviously done, put a, quite a bit of effort uh, in here. Um, and when you get inside, you see Cassentia Riverstrider Thulukina standing near the punch bowl, wearing a pretty cocktail dress and looking nervous. And she says, oh, hi, Flynn. It's nice to see you. Thanks for inviting me to the party. <gasps> oh. Um, I turn to Ryder and I say, a lovely lady waits. Please excuse me. And I just ditch him because <laughs> <laughs> he rude as. <laughs> Get your fucking commissions. <laughs> Frankie, you are walking up from the factory with uh, Shistine. Um, she's dressed in a simple dress with shiny earrings. It's a far cry from the like, you know, dirty overalls this year and every day. Um, she's clearly taken like her uh, her frizzy hair and like tamed it a bit. And you guys are walking and she's offered you like, she's, just, she's kind of like taking your elbow. I will tell you what, Frankie, I have been so impressed since the other week when we had that talk. You have been, oh, you have just been so good. That single use disposable paper of yours is testing really well. I might have been wrong about you, Francis. Uh, well, you know, since that talk, I've decided to pull up my socks. I mean, Francis's socks are like <laughs> one matching and they're pulled up and- uh, Ooh, matching. I've, I've set my sights a little bit higher now, and I now have goals, and my eyes, let's just say my eyes have been opened to a whole new world. <laughs> like, showing off, like, waves around frantically as if there's a whole new world and his eyes are sparkling a little bit. So she smiles and she's like, you know, there's a board meeting coming up uh, next week. I'm gonna recommend that you be transferred to R&D. Uh, because I feel like you'll be much better utilized there. It's it's a uh, it's definitely a job that I feel like you will do so well. And I'll miss you, but 
Frankie's eyes sort of well up with tears, but also sparkly at the same time. It's like, that's my dream. Oh, please, please, please. I'd love you if you did that. <laughs> what? You don't love me already? <laughs> I, I mean, in a, in a completely platonic, professional way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just needed. So, Karen. You and Stephen Charity are walking into conference room B together. He is wearing his usual black suit, but he's zazzed up with a fancy hanky in the breast pocket. He came and got you and you guys are walking, you know, towards conference room B together. And he's like, oh man, <laughs> it's it's really nice to just, you know, cut loose for once. I've got four kids at home, so I never get a Friday night off. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean, Mr. Charity. My three keep me busy all the time. <laughs> Uh, you, you. I think mine are a, a little younger than yours. You're starting to get up to the teens, is that right? Yeah, yeah. My, uh, my, my boys are in their teens now, and Emerald's just uh, coming up to her teenage years. It's getting very exciting in the household with all of the teenage emotions flying around. <laughs> I do not look forward to that. <laughs> well, let's just say it's fantastic to have a night out with some adults for once. <laughs> I know what you mean. My uh, my position might be kind of important around here, but at, at home I'm just horsey ride dad. <laughs> oh yes, I remember I remember the days of horsey ride dad, my poor husband. <laughs> I think he's I think his back still hurts. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm starting to get a bit of that myself. <laughs> I think it's gonna be a good night. Thank you for all the time that you've put into this. Oh, well, thank you, Mr. Charity. I don't you have met Friskin down at the factory. He's still in his janitor's outfit. Like he's still just completely in his like in his jumpsuit. He was you asleep the, the whole time. Yeah. He was asleep when you left and he was asleep when you came back. So you think maybe he just had a nap while you went home and took a shower. He's new, so you kind of feel a little bit responsible for showing him around. So you guys are walking from the factory uh, up to the office. And on your way out, you can see a man just kind of waiting outside the main doors, kind of like looking around a bit nervous. Um, it's a half-elf man, tall half-elf man, well-dressed. He's got like a vest on over top of his like long sleeve shirt. Um, and he turns to you and he's like, oh, hey, uh, it's, my name's Fabian, Fabian Sterling, Gentleman Shein Printing. Very nice to meet you. Uh, I was invited to this party, but I just, I really don't know my way around. Do you guys work here? Could you show me up to the, up to where the party is? Uh, I, um, look at my father and I go, do we, do we? Fabian, uh, who invited you? Uh, I was invited by Jensen Brefford Sr. Oh. I'm a reporter. I work for, I work for Gentle and Sheehan. You guys will probably all know Gentle and Sheehan is the, the printing company that for the most part, like they only get their paper from Janice and Breffords. They're kind of like, like a sister company. They, they have a newspaper um, and they do like a lot of flyers and a lot of printing and stuff. And so like they have a, a, a specific relationship with Janice and Breffords Patron Company. What's the, what's the company called? Gentle and Sheehan. And Sheehan is spelled X-I-E-N. Oh. Now, my dad is friends with Jameson, isn't he? Your dad is friends with Janison Brifford Jr. Jr. Yes, yeah, cool. All right. Um, hey, Dad, do you want to uh, just take this fella up to Mr. J? That was a weird way of saying that. Sorry. <laughs> Mr. J. Mr. Mr. J. <laughs> Your dad walks forward and he's like, Bolo Bell, sir. Nice to meet you. Uh, you're a reporter, is that right? And he's like, oh, yes. No, I'm uh, front page material. You know me. Uh, I admit I have a bit of a legacy, legacy job myself. My my dad uh, once worked with uh, the boss's dad, and they 
made up their companies together. It was, it was honestly, uh, as far as I heard it, it was the wild west of paper and printing days. Things are a little, uh, things are a little quieter now, but I, I got asked to come over here and for some reason cover a party? Uh, it's gonna be great. I'm looking forward to getting drunk. Sounds awesome, Fabian. Okay, Dad, can you, yeah, do you just mind taking him upstairs? <laughs> Um, out. <laughs> your your dad um, kind of like picks up what you're putting down, and he sort of like leads Fabian inside. Um, is there a reason that you chose not to go with him yourself? Yeah, so I'll be honest. The main reason I did that is because I want to take off this awfully fitting jacket, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna give it to um, Friskin because he's. I say, Friskin, mate, like, you, it's a party. What are you doing? Dress like that. But these are clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I give him a pat on the back, I say, sure, they sure are, buddy, those clothes, put this on. They give me these clothes to work, to work, I do not understand, we're still at work. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I and just... I have to clean later, you think I want to put on f fancy pants if I'm going to clean later? You know, you're not wrong, Friskin, but in this case, uh, just put this on, you'll, you'll just fit it a lot better. Come on! <laughs> he's, he's the same height as you, he's, he's quite long and lanky boy. Yeah. So the, it, the, the sleeves just come up to his elbows and he's like, okay, I feel fancy, let's go in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go! And, and we, I kind of give him a shove, I shove his back a little bit to push him in. And we go to the party! Yeah! Yeah! Penny here. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you're enjoying episode one of Who Spiked the Punch. Thank you to the Kiwi podcasting community for including us, the Terrible Adventures of the Janice and Murphy's Parchment Company, in their crossover stream. I had heaps of fun playing a level 20 barbarian, and I'm excited to see more of them. Uh, if you've missed it, it's me and a bunch of other Kiwi YouTubers fighting a Tarasque. It was very fun. You can connect with Getting Dicey on their Twitch channel or their YouTube channel. Just search G-E-T-T-I-N-G-D-I-C-E-Y. For music this episode, we have a lot of swing music. It is a party after all, where surely nothing bad could possibly happen. Thanks to Track Tribe for Walk Through the Park, members only, and a brand new start. To Freedom Trail Studio for Swing Time. To 60CXDY for Fallacy. And to Patrick Patrikios for Forget Me Not. And as always, thank you to Regan McKinnon for the show's theme song. You can interact with us at facebook.com slash Podcast, and we also have a Twitter at jbpcpodcast, where we post show updates and hopefully now no more goose facts. We love hearing from fans, so please feel free to leave us a message or tag us. You can listen to the show at janisonbreffords.podbean.com, as well as on Spotify, YouTube, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Episode 2 of Who Spiked the Punch will be out on Sunday the 22nd of November, so keep your ears open. Once again, to our audience all around the world, thank you for listening. Time to get back to the show. So in conference room B, everyone's milling around the room, eating, drinking, a few people are dancing, and everyone's having a good time. Who's up to what? Karen is camping at the snacks table. <laughs> <laughs> Don't 
her and Barb specifically provided a beautiful selection of traditional dwarven fare, and she is going to town on it. <laughs> oh, okay, so, so she's eating the food that she bought? Yes. Okay. She was like, I'm going, to, I'm going to serve some culturally appropriate food and give everybody a taste of culture, but she's not letting anybody else taste the culture because it's all her. <laughs> um, anybody else? Uh, Flynn, hanging out with Cassie? Is there music? Yeah, there's music. Okay, so just beside the snack table, um, I'll, I'm doing a little gentle jig with Cassie, having a good time. Frankie would be sort of kind of by the drink side of things, but more off to like the side, just, you know, watching in. <laughs> so he's doing that thing where he's like standing off to the side and just bobbing his head to the music. Yeah. 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 He's not talking to anybody? No. <laughs> I know as soon as you got there, Friskin found like a couch and just went to sleep on it. Um, what are you up to? Um, so just before he finds a couch, I'm like, oh, Friskin, look, I'll, I'll introduce you to some people because you're new and stuff. But then when I turn around, he's gone. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, Ugh, well, I, I guess I'll have some food then. And I head over to the table and I'm like, whoa, what is that person up to? <laughs> and then you realize it's Karen. Yeah. Oh. Just, just shoving dwarven cheese into her mouth. She says, oh. <clears throat> Idava, it's so good to see you again. Here, Bob and I, you know Bob from accounts. You love her, Bob. Everybody loves Bob. We have got the most beautiful selection of dwarven cheeses and breads. You must have some. Have you had dwarven cheese before? I look at the table and I say, there's not a whole lot left. Um, <laughs> well, you better get in before it's all gone. <laughs> and I, she. I grab a piece of cheese and. Now, please describe to me what is dwarven, what makes cheese dwarven? Well. <laughs> made by dwarves. <laughs> it is made, it's made, well, first of all, it's made by dwarves. But we have uh, a certain species of goat only found in the highlands and they live mostly underground. And this gives their milk such a beautiful uh, uh, coloring and flavor. And you can, you look at the cheese and it's slightly green. <laughs> And we make cheese from these, uh, these, these green-milked goats. It's just beautiful. You'll never have tasted anything like it. I gave it a bit of a sniff. Like, oh, yes, geez. it is pungent. It, that's pungent. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It goes very well with mushrooms. Ah, mushrooms. Maybe I'll have one of those instead. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's having a good time. And then someone booms over the murmurs and you hear a, a voice say, Is this what my company calls a party? <laughs> and everyone turns and at the door uh, you all see an extremely old gnomish man with slicked back hair, a white suit jacket draped over his shoulders, an ostentatious gold cane topped with a clear gem and a spectacularly pale, beautiful woman in a red dress uh, on his arm. She's a bit taller than him, but like they're still kind of like linked arms a little bit and everybody falls silent. And he looks around the room, kind of like giving everybody the eye and then he cracks a smile and he's like, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's great to see you all. Karen, you haven't lost your party planning touch. I've got a few extras for the room though. And then many, many catering company employees wheel in carts that are just full of buckets of expensive champagne bottles. Yes. And this man, who you recognize to be Janison Brefford Sr., pulls out a cigar out of his pocket and he pats the rear of his female companion who uh, kind of blushes. And he pulls out uh, one of the bottles of champagne and he tosses it to Barbara. And he says, open that one for me, doll. Let's celebrate. Been three years, and we're all gonna get laid tonight. <laughs> 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 Frankie likes. What's up? 
And he makes a gesture at the band who starts to play lively swing music. Ooh. It's party time. Yay! <laughs> I turn to Karen and go, who the hell is that pimp looking dude? <laughs> <laughs> You've seen his picture around Toronto. <laughs> oh, you don't look like that though. <laughs> um, Karen already is has a bottle of champagne in one hand and a champagne flute in the other hand. She says, that's Janison Brefford Senior, darling. You're going to learn how to party tonight. And she hands you both the flute and the full bottle of champagne. Okay. Oh, uh, uh, do, do you want me to pour you one? No, that one's for you. And she grabs her own. Uh, <laughs> I look around to see where my dad is. I'm like, oh, right. I guess I'll have myself a drink. <laughs> so, Aifa, uh, you're having yourself a drink. And the pale woman in the red dress actually approaches you. And she's got very, very dark hair. And like the main feature of her is she's just extremely pale skin. And her dress is long and has an elegant slit up the side. And she has two ornate decorative pins with red baubles and dangling gems holding her hair up in a bun. And she walks up to you and she says, Excusez-moi, but you are so very handsome, yes? So, sorry, what is she? Because she's slightly taller than the gnome, right? She's fairly, she's fairly taller than the gnome. Oh, okay, so not quite my height. She looks human. Okay, and I blush and quickly down my drink. Uh, <laughs> uh, I hold out my hand, but I drop <laughs> my flute, <laughs> and I'm holding a bottle in the other, and I oh, hello. <laughs> she, like, elegantly pretends not to notice your fumble, and she shakes your hand, and she says, and what do you do in this place? I don't want to tell this woman that I <laughs> pick up rubbish. Uh, I, uh, is Karen still near me? Uh, no, she's gone off to find Barb. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm looking around the room. Uh, I, oh, I'm so very sorry. I have not introduced myself. I am the Countess Celeste von Angelis of the North Norswex sector of Toth. And you know Toth to be the neighboring kingdom, so like completely outside of Ymir. It is the neighboring kingdom that um, very, very few people from Ymir get a chance to visit. Oh, are they like really rich? No, they are, without going too much into the politics, um, there was once a war between Ymir and Toth. You have never met anyone from Toth, but people kind of call them, like think of them as being monsters. Oh, all right. <laughs> Well, I'm going to assume the idol doesn't know this because he's, he's a young man. And he holds out the bottle of champagne to me. He's like, drink? <laughs> oh, yes, please. I would, I would very much enjoy this. And I grab a flute from fumble around from behind me and I pour him, pour her a drink. <laughs> uh, have you lived here in Ymir City for long? Uh, yes, yes, for my whole 28 years. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So Bradford is showing me around that it's so very different from where I come from. Oh, and we and um, how how is where you come from? Oh, it is, it is wonderful. <laughs> it is an excellent place, full of kind people. Oh, I'm so glad to hear it. Your mayor is very much like that also, but with geese. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're talking with this woman, with uh, the Countess Celeste von Angelis. And as you're talking, Janice Brefford Senior uh, walks up and interrupts by um, groping with Grabby. Walks up and gropes oh, her, oh. and she kind of giggles and she says, "Oh, you are so very flirtatious." <laughs> um, he he kind of chuckles. He 
He's like, oh, it's so good to have a real office party just like the old days. And he walks up to the punch bowl, the uh, Raz pomegranate punch that, um, that is being served. He takes out a flask out of his coat and he pours it into the, into the punch bowl and he comes back and then he and the Countess both pour shots uh, from the flask and down them and like they haven't like he hasn't talked to you like he's just talking with his date and Janison Brefford's uh, senior looks around the room for a moment uh, before seemingly noticing you for the first time and he's like oh hey uh Charity said you were the guy to ask would you mind uh, running for a few extra trash bins for me I want to keep a few extras on hand for this thing I learned about overseas called recycling <laughs> it's gonna change everything off you go there's a good lad Ido just stands there and he just goes completely red because obviously he's trying to impress this gorgeous woman. The Countess does smile at you and says, Oh, you are the cleanup man? And I, oh, no, 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 sorry, uh, Mr. Charity, <laughs> good mate, Charity. Uh, he must have just pointed in the wrong direction. No, the one you want to go to is that guy. And I point to <laughs> Friskin, who's asleep on the couch. Janison <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brefford's uh, senior looks at, you know, the sleeping tabaxi and looks back at you and pats you on the back and says, Oh, don't worry, lad, you'll be back before you know it. Off you go. <laughs> and the Countess smiles at when she says, Farewell, my handsome friend. Oh. <laughs> and I just kind of walk off a little bit sad, <laughs> still holding a bottle of champagne. <laughs> and on my way to the trash bins, I start to chug it. Karen, what are you up to at the party? I think she's trying to find Barb, but she's getting a little bit distracted by the fact that there's lots of champagne around. <laughs> she's, found, she's found herself another bottle, she's found herself another flute. She's having a good time wandering around greeting everybody. The old gnome uh, walks up to you and says, Oh Karen, so very good to see you. I can't believe it's been three years. Oh. Three whole years, and in and, and all this time you've been traveling overseas oh, and expanding your mind. Oh, I can't wait to hear about all the travels you've done. How's your husband? How's your kids? Oh, you're too kind to remember my little family. They're doing very well, Mr. Breffords. Well, I know being a parent isn't easy, <laughs> but you know, it's nice to freak your kids out once in a while, that's for sure. <laughs> um, yes. And at this point, uh, Bob approaches um, and she asks you, Karen, she's like, uh, hey, hey, darling, I've noticed that the, the boss man isn't here. Do you think you could go up to the office and get Janice and Breakfast Jr.? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure he's just waiting for somebody to come grab him. Would you do that for me? Oh, oh I just, of course. The party can't start without uh, Janice and Breakfast Jr. now, can it? And she, and she winks at Janice and Breakfast Sr. Um, as you go to leave, she grabs you by the elbow and she's like, hey, uh, make sure you give us a bit of a signal before you come back in, just so we can prep for the surprise. Of course, of course. Thanks a lot. Um, and the Countess, who sort of walked up, kind of heard that and looks wide-eyed and says, Oh, is this going to be a surprise? Oh, novel. And Barb kind of snorts dismissively. She's like, yep, there sure is. Um, and, and Barb leaves. She goes off into the party. <laughs> so you're leaving to go get J Jason Brefford's Yes, junior? and I'll, I'll take another champagne flute as I go. <laughs> uh, Frankie, you have found yourself talking with Fabian Sterling, mm -hmm. talking with the reporter and he seems very interested and curious about some of your inventions. What are you telling him about? Frankie, 
who also this whole time has been drinking the punch because he's not a huge drinker. I don't believe he would have noticed that it was spiked. So he's just been drinking this whole thing just constantly. Um, but also trying to explain, without explaining the magic side of things, um, what he's sort of been doing. He's like, <laughs> and then this one time, uh, you know, I made uh, this uh, sort of pin that I'm trying to experiment with erasing the ink, but uh, turns out some things are permanent. <laughs> and Fabian seems really impressed. He's like, well, you know, if it if that ends up working, you're you're gonna make your company some serious money, especially like you send those our way to the to the printing side of things, because we would love those. Uh, you make your make sure yourself you get yourself a good skim. Though, okay, don't let don't let the company just take everything that you think of. And when you say when, when he says that, Frankie sort of shoulders over that he's like, you know what? You've always been a good friend to me. What? Goes <laughs> back in his <laughs> uh, punch. And at this point, the old gnome kind of walks up and he says, "Oh, hey, there's my scribe. I hope you've got your notepad ready." And Fabian Sterling turns and, and says, Oh, hello, Mr. Breffords, my employer. My father was so happy to get your request. And, and Jameson Breffords Sr. kind of snorts and he's like, Oh, but not happy enough to come himself though, huh? That's okay. I'm sure you're going to do fine. And you, you're that whiz kid I've been hearing about from my son. Yes, sir. My Karen's a big fan of yours and she don't impress too easy, let me tell you. I'll be watching for big things from you. Yeah. Why don't you uh, give a quote for the newspaper about the festivities that we have here? The festivities we have here are very festive. <laughs> <laughs> and Fabian just stares at you for a moment and then looks at Jason Briffin Senior and he's like, Yeah, okay, I'm gonna write that down. Okay. This punch is really good, by the way. You should try some. I'm on my fifth class. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> We are at the start of the arc. <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be fun. Uh, Flynn, Cassie has taken you out onto the balcony, oh, um, and and she seems really nervous. Oh. And she says, "Oh, oh, Flynn, you've been such a good friend to me. Thank you so much for inviting me. Do you like my dress? Oh, it's ravishing and so good to dance in. I like how it does that little flick when you spin. Oh, oh, thank you so much. I, I can't believe I was lucky enough to meet a very nice man like you. There is, there's something I wanted to tell you, and I hope you don't mind. Oh, I'm an open book, you know. I, your friendship and your confidence has inspired me." to tell you that I've decided to study for the detective's exam. <gasps> wow! That's amazing, Cassie. Oh, I can't believe it. I, I just thought I would be an administrator forever and I never thought that I would get to be a guard, especially not a detective. And it's, it's all thanks to you and you're such a good friend to me. Wow, I can't wait till you pass that exam. It's gonna be so great. And you can use that paper set that I gave you. Oh, oh I definitely will. That pencil is my lucky studying pencil. Oh, you've got this. This is amazing. Ooh, you can give me some, uh, oh, oh, okay. Yes, no. Detectives take lots of notes too. I'm gonna to give you a personal discount. Oh, thank you so very much. You'll be the only person I ever buy stationery from. Oh. Uh, I'm just going to, uh, I'm just going to go to the ladies. I'll be back in a few minutes, but thank you so much, Finfa. Oh, I really value your friendship. You're amazing. Oh, these two are so cute! <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Did you think that there was like a confession of love yeah. coming? <laughs> a little cringe. <laughs> <laughs> so Cassie leaves and like as she opens the door to go back inside, Jadison Brifford Sr. comes out on the balcony and lights his cigar. And he's like, oh, hey, you're the, uh, you're the salesman on top of the board this month. Uh, Flynnvar, is that right? Flynnvar, Flynnvar, nice to meet you, sir. Oh, it's nice to meet you too. It's nice to know that they're still... I'm, I'm, I'm slowly getting back into Cassie's voice again. <laughs> I did too many high-pitched characters. <laughs> oh, it's, it's nice to meet you. It's, uh, it's nice to know that there's still good... So you know, I was a salesman once. Uh, you haven't quite hit my numbers, but you're doing really well. Ooh, what was your top, your top game, sir? Oh, one time I sold a hundred thousand gold worth of paper to the emperor and i don't think we're gonna make that again <laughs> that sounds like a story i'd love to hear sometime i feel like they might still be using that even <laughs> to this day do you know we you could have a word with them uh, because parchment does age oh i think they've got some they've got some techniques or whatever they're doing that uh, i just big one big one-time sale to them and they never came back again <laughs> Really helped us to get, like help me to buy this building. Really helped us to get going, and you know, it helped us to get the factory moving. And yeah, it was it was honestly it was possibly the biggest day in the in the history of this whole company. You've definitely built a huge legacy, and it's really exciting to see where your son's taking it. He smiles and he puffs on his cigar for a minute. <laughs> and he kind of looks out from the balcony. You can see kind of like down to. The driveway kind of like the parking lot sort of area although like most people don't have carts so it's like really small um parking lot and you can like see the factory and and he kind of he gets quiet and he's like oh so much can change in three years i've been all over the place since uh you just miss it you know he runs his hand uh over the wooden railing just kind of like taking it in he's like you can go where you like spend all the money in the world but there's no place like home flinvar I got all those big time shares and it's just not the same as being here. Smelling the place, chasing the girls. <laughs> <laughs> that office <offers culture. laughs> And so from behind you, you hear someone approach and she says, oh boss, hey, I think we're getting ready for the surprise. Um, you wanted to be front and center, right? You might need to come back inside. Uh, and and Jason Briffitt Sr. turns around and he's like, Oh, Darlene, ha, you've been hiding from me. Girl, you look as beautiful as the day I first hired you. And she's like, Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, do, do you want to come in? And Jason Briffitt Sr. puts out his cigar and gently places it into an ashtray. He's very, you notice he's like very careful not to spill any ash. And he turns to you and he kind of like winks and he's like, Let's get in there, shall we? After you, sir. So, Ido, after a bit of searching, you find the bins that you're looking for. Um, and you kind of grumpily head back towards the boardroom. Um, but on your way, you bump into Karen, who's leading an extremely spiffy looking Janison Briffage Jr. towards the door. Um, he's wearing a shocking white and silver sparkly robe with a high collar over a red suit. Oh my God. Yes. And Janison Briffage Jr. smiles at you nervously and he's like, oh, 
Oh, hello, Idafa. Why don't you join us? You just come in with us. I quickly hide my champagne bottle behind my back and I go, oh, but these bins, I was meant to bring some bins. Oh yeah, just bring them, it's fine. Karen says, oh, well, okay, oh, yes. Well, Jansen, uh, have you got your champagne? He holds up a glass and you can see that it's that it's shaking. Oh, oh, let me just, let me just fill that up a little bit for you, darling. And she just pours Something a little sloshes. bit more, <laughs> sloshes a little bit more champagne in there. Inside conference room B, Barb is instructing everybody to duck down behind couches and furniture. Friskin lays down behind a couch, wraps his elbow over his eyes, and seemingly <laughs> just, just goes back to sleep. Writer, who was talking to him in a very one-sided conversation, kind of puts his hands in his pockets and realizes that he needs to go talk to somebody else. <laughs> Stephen Charity is putting the finishing touches on a banner that's facing towards the door of the room. Uh, Shestine's um, a bit drunk and getting really excited for the surprise and she rushes to grab a jump out spot near the front and almost takes out a whole crowd of people. <laughs> um, Fabian kneels uh, down next to you, Flynn, and he's like, oh man, I've never been like a part of a big surprise like this before. Darlene's standing over by the switch that Frankie's installed and upon receiving the nod from Jamison Brefford Sr., um, who is standing sort of like towards the door, like he's clearly like waiting for his son to come in. Darlene, uh, puts out the light in the room. Uh, everybody immediately <laughs> starts giggling and whispering loudly because um, everyone's supposed to be quiet. Barb's trying to get everyone to be quiet, but everyone's just like a bit drunk, so every, like everyone's talking. Um, there's a strange fizzle of brown light uh, that comes from near where Janice and Brifford Senior is, and Barb kind of shout whispers like, "Hey, no cigars inside! Put it out! We're doing the surprise!" And Karen, you have seen the lights go out from under the door, so you approach with Ido and Janice and Brifford Junior. Do you knock? Do you give another signal? What's your... Karen stands at the door and says very loudly because uh, she's trying to let Barb know that he's, 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 he's on his way. She says, all right, now, bow tie all fixed up, shirt all red and ready to go. Let's do it. Inside the room, everybody can hear Karen signaling and so everybody kind of falls silent. There's a long pause. Um, Karen, you're waiting for some kind of signal to, to come in, but none comes. Jason Briffords Jr. looks very nervous. He's wringing his hands and he looks at you, Karen, you guys are about the same size, and he says, I'm, I'm a good boss, right? Oh. Inside the room, everyone starts giggling and talking again, and Bob pops up loudly and says, Oh, for fuck's sake, what's the bloody hold up? Let's get this thing moving already. Some of us are getting sober. <laughs> and you can hear Stephen Charity's voice from over the hubbub from across the room. And he's like, oh, was, was I supposed to give the signal? I thought you were. And Reitar pipes up and he's like, well, somebody give the bloody signal already. Karen and Ido, this exchange is so loud that you can just hear it through the door. <laughs> Shistine giggles and, and hiccups and says, oh, just bring him in already. I want to do the surprise. And a full two minutes since the lights first went out. Frankie, you hear an odd flumping noise. And Karen, you get tired of this and you decide to open the door. And Janison Briffords Jr. walks in ahead of you and says, Ah, oh, good thing we gnomes can see in the dark. What's this uh, surprise you've... What? Da Dad? Dad, what are you doing down there? And Karen and Ido, you guys come into the room behind him and you two can see a small crumpled pile on the floor in front of you. And Stephen Charity calls over and he says, oh, sir, it's okay, your dad just wanted to surprise you. It doesn't seem like it was very well planned. Lights, lights, can someone switch them on already? And you can hear noises of metal jiggling and you can hear 
I, I can't, it, it won't budge, it's stuck. Darling calling over from over by where the light switch is. A few of the factory workers in the room start to chuckle. And then they're like, ah, classic Frankie, good one, bud. Um, and then Shestine's like, leave is supposed to go both ways, Francis dear. And Stephen Charity starts walking over towards you two, mm -hmm. uh, but he trips over the crumpled body on the ground. Um, and Ido and Karen, you see that it doesn't move or react in any way to this. Oh, um, and Stephen Charity begins to yell and clutch at his right ankle. Ah, oh, mother of humping desert turtles, ow, my foot. And then Bob from across the room somewhere is like, Frankie, get those lights on. So you make it clumsily over to the mechanism that you installed. Um, something's funny here. You definitely tested it earlier and it was working perfectly. Ido, because he can see that something's very wrong, he wants to try and grab Brefford Senior and like hide him. Because he doesn't like because he, he's in, under the impression that these lights are going to turn up any second now and he doesn't want everyone to see just a presumably dead man on the floor. But he like, he's freaking out. Okay, um, Karen's going to, Karen's going to run in with you and she's going to take off her little jacket and she's going to place it over Jansen Brefford Senior, like his body, not his head. And she's going to start patting his face frantically like, Come on, darling, come on, darling. No, 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 you can wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. So Frankie, while this is going on, after a moment of fumbling, um, you pull something long and metallic out of the lever. That's something that was jammed into the lever and you switch the lever into the on position. Uh, the lights flicker on and Jason Briffords Jr. is still standing by the door and Karen and Ido are kneeling over something, but unfortunately your jacket wasn't quite big enough to cover everything. And so someone screams. The crumpled body on the floor that Stephen Charity tripped over is definitely the body of Jameson Brefford Sr. Okay. He's not breathing, his eyes are staring glassily ahead, and there is a large blotchy red stain settling into the front of his clothes. Jameson Brefford Jr. unfreezes and runs forward and grabs your jacket and tears it away, and he's grabbing his father and he's shaking him and he's like, Dad? Dad, wake up, Dad! And the little mustachioed gnome Tears filling his eyes, looks over to you, Karen. Oh. And as confetti rains down on him, <laughs> he bursts into tears over the dead body of his father and shrieks in order so fierce that you marvel that it's coming from the same boss that you've worked for for three years. Do something! They are gone now? It is I, the Countess Celeste von Angelis, and thank you for listening to the episode. Do not forget to go out and see the beautiful world that exists among us, and I hope you all have a wonderful day.